Hi guys, I hope this finds you well. It's Booty, and you're listening to Seven Questions. So honored to have my friend and guest today, Nick Melvoin. Nick Melvoin has spent his career fighting for our city school children. He believes that together with the right leadership, we can ensure that every student in Los Angeles has the opportunity to succeed. Born and raised on the west side of LA, Nick served as a seventh and eighth grade English teacher at Markham Middle School, an LAUSD campus in Watts where he coached soccer and baseball and helped his students launch a school newspaper. At Markham, he saw firsthand how LAUSD failed to support schools and neglected the needs of our city's most vulnerable students. When he and two-thirds of Markham's teachers lost their jobs due to budget cuts, he fought to be rehired and worked to end the indiscriminate, seniority-based teacher layoffs that harmed so many LA families. As a teacher, Nick joined the ACLU, Mayors Riordan, and Vigalosa, and others to bring a groundbreaking civil rights lawsuit, which argued that LA layoffs violated the rights of students. They won. Nick holds a bachelor's degree from Harvard University, a master's in urban education from Loyola Marymount University, and a law degree from the New York University School of Law, where he was Root Teldon Kern Scholar. In addition to serving as a teacher, Nick has worked in the Obama White House with the Domestic Policy Council and the U.S. Attorney's Office, where he took part in various civil rights investigations as a legal clerk. Today, Nick leads and facilitates efforts by students, parents, teachers, and community members to rethink and shape the future of our city's schools. He is also an adjunct professor at LMU, where he teaches teachers how to improve their own advocacy in the classroom. In working for nonprofits such as Teach Plus and Educators for Excellence, Nick helps to improve the support teachers across the state receive before and during their time in the classroom, as well as amplify teachers' voice in policymaking. Nick serves on the boards of the Los Angeles County Young Democrats, Brentwood Community Council, Teach for America Associates, University Synagogue Social Justice Committee, and United in Harmony. He is a graduate of the Jewish Federation's New Leaders Project and the New Leaders Council and Chairs, the Jewish Federation's Educators Network. Nick is also proud to serve as a director of Camp Harmony, a camp for homeless and underserved children. His commitment to solving educational inequity was first sparked as a volunteer at Camp Harmony more than 15 years ago. Wow, that was like an incredible, incredible mouthful of a resume. And Nick is just in his early 30s. I'm so, so honored to have Nick. I can't wait to see what he does with the rest of his life. Nick, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hi, this is Booty, and you're listening to Seven Questions. Seven Questions is where I ask world leaders and people I find fascinating seven questions. Today, I'm so, so excited and honored to have Nick Melvoin, who is a LAUSD board member of District 4. Uh, we're sitting in his office right now, and he's about to play Seven Questions. Nick! Hello! What's that's, going that's on? such a kind introduction. World... World leaders, fascinating people. Yeah, man, uh, I, I would put you up there. there. I would put you up there. You're yeah. in a 
pretty cool spot. Well, you know, managing that. a big budget of sorts, right? Second largest district in the country. Oh, wow. Uh, 700,000 students, $8 billion budget. Wow. Um, 60,000 employees. We're larger than Coke International. Oh, that's a fact. Um, and we do a lot because with 84% of our kids living in poverty, which is a pretty staggering number, we also run... Uh, we serve three meals a day at our schools, and we run health clinics, and so we're really wow. intersection with a lot of the kind of pressing issues of the day. So, really uh, honored to get to do what I what I do and try to help out our city and greater community. That's amazing. Um, yeah, I know very little about LAUSD because I grew up in New York, but from when you were running, I remember uh, being supportive immediately based on your story and based on your heart and your passion to really try to make a difference. Thank you. I know there's so much politics involved, but... There are. It was I, the most expensive local race in American history, uh, which uh, I did not know when I was getting into it, but there are a lot of interests at stake, and, you know, change is hard, so a lot of resistance. But I appreciate the support of people like you. No, of course. And I appreciate your time. So yeah. as those who, uh, those who are listening, we're playing seven questions, and Nick uh, is about to pick his first question from the Magic Box. Question one. Deep. Okay. Best advice you've gotten and used. Ooh, that second part is the caveat of used. Yes. Um, <laughs> best advice you've gotten and used. Uh, you know, I think I remember uh, hearing from John King, who was the Secretary of Education for Obama, the second uh, secretary, uh, and he, he was reiterating some advice from the Civil Rights Movement, but he said, keep your eye on the prize. Because I asked him during the, the heights of the campaign, you know, how do you stay focused when you're uh, getting attacked and there's so much politics? And he said that he always thinks of John Lewis on that bridge in Selma, uh, the Edmund Pettus Bridge. And I was like, well, first of all, if you're going to throw John Lewis into the mix, it makes me feel like yeah. I can get through this campaign. But it was keep your eye on the prize, and I think that's where there are a lot of challenges. But I spend a lot of time in schools mm. and focusing on what's most important, which is kids and kind of ensuring that all kids have the opportunity that I had. Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, sounds, you know, I think that's something that I've gotten and used because in those tough days, I just think about why am I in this in the first place? Mm -hmm. And it's that North Star. That's cool, man. Yeah, I love that question because we get advice all the time, right? And we don't always use it. Yeah, and I think so the like, loftier <laughs> advice sometimes like that is important because it is true. You get lost in the weeds, but yeah. keep your North Star and remind yourself why you're doing what you're doing it. Cool. Thank yeah. you for sharing. Yeah. Question two. Okay. If you were an animal, which one would you want to be? Uh, I'm going to have to go with a bald eagle. Bald eagle. You know, part of that is the patriotism of loving loving America. Okay. But I think it's, uh, there's something about flight. Uh, and I remember I was, I was fishing this summer in Idaho, loved to fish and uh my grandfather was a big fisherman, so grew up doing it. And we were fishing this summer, and there was a bald eagle perched on a tree and just looked very regal, but also kind of uh, all-knowing. Mm. And that, again, kind of eye on the prize, that 30,000-foot view. Yeah. Um, I also think it would be cool to fly. Yeah. Uh, see more of the world. So I have to go with an eagle. Bald eagle. That's the first time I've heard that, but okay. I love the bald eagle. I love the bald eagle. Question three. Question three. Do you believe in luck? Ooh. Do I believe? I, I, you know, I do. I think that good luck comes to people who work harder, probably. You know, maybe there's something like uh, uh, correlation there, if not causation. I do believe in luck. 
um, I, I think I believe strongly in, in kindness and that good luck comes to those who don't just work hard but are kind uh, but yeah I think there is I think sometimes um, you know the, the corollary of the counterbalance to luck is, is bad luck mm-hmm. and I do think that sometimes when things happen to people and I'm just thinking of a conversation I had earlier today with a former student you just have to chalk it up to bad luck because mm-hmm. some people don't do anything wrong and have bad things befall them so I think on the positive end there's good luck and mm-hmm. uh, again I think you can try to increase your share of good luck by being kind to other people yeah. and by working hard but I do I do believe in luck okay I also uh, believe in magic so I'm a little <laughs> amateur magician on the side have you been to the magic castle? I have and I'm actually okay. trying to get my I'm trying to get membership okay and I was trying to do like the civilian membership mm-hmm. but a friend of mine is a magician and he's a member and he was like you know I got a few good card tricks and he said to me you probably have at least like half of a set that if we teach you a little more you might be able to actually become a magical member Whoa. which is definitely the coolest thing I've heard that's pretty so stay cool. tuned yeah stay tuned we'll, I would we'll love to from the uh, magic castle that would be dope actually yeah. I've been a few times I know one of the head uh, I know a few magicians and the head uh, guy who does events so yeah it's a it's, it's a cool venue for people dope. who haven't it's been so and cool. there's also I've been someone of you know I don't magical nerd if that's a thing but there uh, went to a pop-up magic show in Koreatown a few months ago there was a great magician who was at the Geffen Theater yeah. um, in Westwood so just I just things that I can't understand things that you discover while doing podcasts yeah Nick likes magic I go. had no idea that's I think amazing. I have a deck of cards somewhere here well after the podcast yeah so. I would love to see you do a trick yeah. <laughs> what are we going question four four alright flying through how you doing I'm doing great alright what makes you feel most alive today um what makes you feel most alive today uh you know one of the things i love to do is ski Mm. and that's the first thing that comes to mind just because i think especially as i'm getting older i'm not you know 33 (laughs) but not that old you start to feel your body more when you do that and you think as as yourself as a kid who's just like going down without any uh fear or limitation and now you feel um that Oh, I feel my body out. So, actually, like, so in some ways, it, like, you feel alive and that you're like still out on an open mountain and putting metal sticks on your uh, feet and, and cruising, but you also feel alive because at the end of the day, you hurt and you're like, well, I definitely feel life and kind of the, <laughs> the evolution of life. I also have to say, I'm trying to do, um, I'm trying to read more for pleasure. Mm. And I do think that reading is one of those things that makes you feel alive because it connects you to so many people especially reading fiction yeah. like you have the sense of feeling of isolate like all the things you're dealing with that sometimes you think are just uniquely yours yeah. um, you read and you realize that actually those feelings are what connect you to the rest of humanity so mm-hmm. I think feeling that reading helps you feel helps me feel alive and really connected to, to other people very cool for those who haven't read a book this year we're in fourth quarter pick up a book maybe you'll feel connected yeah <laughs> Do it, or book on tape in LA, or right? There's audio. traffic. I know yep. podcast podcasts are great, but do yeah. a book on tape. Yeah, of course. You're do listening it. to this. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> do this, and then and then you know. something else. <laughs> exactly. Question five. Right? Okay. What's your motivation to succeed? Uh, you know, I, my, it's my students. It's mm. the students that I taught, and I think it's also what it's. Sometimes I think about it in the in the negative, which is like, what's the alternative to success? and my unwillingness to accept that. So in this job, we have 700,000 students from pre-K to adults. We have 70,000 adult students, uh, many of whom are our parents. And I think that um, 
the repercussions and the consequences if we don't succeed. Uh, I think we are seeing them in a city like LA, homelessness, mm. um, crime, people on the street. Uh, and so it's, it's an unwillingness to accept that that's, that's, it's an unwilling to accept that that's acceptable and a real uh, belief in the potential of every child and every adult and thinking about my students who uh, grew up 10 miles from where I grew up but had completely different opportunities mm. because of bad luck, yeah. because of fate, because yeah. of what, you know, the, the accident of birth. And so um, I think about them and uh, kind of what we, we owe each other. Got it. That's cool, man. Uh, I think we all find motivation somewhere. So I always like that question if someone picks it because it gets to the root of, you know, why you do what you do. Yeah. Question six, almost done, man. Okay. What do you do to find peace when at times there is noise all around you? Um, so this is when I have the opportunity to go fly fishing. Ah. I really like it. This was on my What life. is fly fishing? Fly fishing For those who is, don't know, because I have no idea. Yeah, so it really refers to, it's fishing, but it refers to instead of like a worm or live bait, uh, you actually put a fly, something that looks like a fly. Because a lot of bugs eat insects. Ah. And so you have a you have hooks attached to kind of fake flies. Got it. And all the people who know this are like, duh. And I'm like, no, no, oh, fly fishing. That an makes esoteric sense. thing, okay. especially for my kid from LA. <laughs> like, but uh, this was my like kind of every man's grandfather with like his pipe and his, uh, his white beard and his hat and he would fly fish. And usually you do it waiting. You usually do it in a river. Uh-huh. Uh, and as a kid, I found it very boring because you're like standing in a river uh, for hours. But now I find that, you know, one, the opportunity to just get out of town and find peace uh, to, you know, have a flask mm-hmm. and be out there with friends yeah. and be amongst nature. And I think there's a real you can find solitude without loneliness mm. when you're out on a on a river. Yeah. Um, I also think too here. You know, I try to I used to do a lot of yoga. Yeah. And I don't. I haven't had as much time. Uh, but I do think that yoga is a place. I'm uh, and, and just all activity. I joined a soccer team. Oh, cool. We play on Sundays, uh, and so that's that's fun. Um, and I think that's where, and then, you know, I have, I'm, I'm reticent to admit this, but I'm a big bubble bath guy. Yeah. So whiskey and bubble baths at the end of a long day, pour a little scotch, yep. take a bubble bath. Uh, I would say I end more days that way than not. I love that. And it is a nice way to just have some me time. Yeah. And also I was told by a, a, um, sleep therapist not th- that's a friend yeah. that you know that raises your body temperature and so actually you fall asleep faster and I, I tried to pull back during the drought yeah you, you know, of course water, actually, yes, conservationist yes. over here but uh, bubble baths and, that and sounds therapy. amazing that just yeah. made me comfortable what I, like I do I steam and yeah. that's my way of you know a eucalyptus steam is my way of you know, detoxing and whatever but that bubble bath. Yeah, I'm telling you, people think about it. They're like, oh, I, I don't remember the last time I that. I don't remember. Like, last yeah. night, I, had, like, I did. I can say that honestly. But it is a nice. Yeah. Uh, and that's a good op- You know, yeah. if you are trying to read a book or yeah. even listen to a podcast, that's a good time a few to do that. To yeah. Do, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Now I'm like, all right. Take, yeah. Especially when it gets a little cooler. Cooler, yeah. yeah you know? Especially as winter's coming here in LA. Uh, quote, yeah. quote. <laughs> Last seven question, question, man. Seven question. Okay, let's find one down here. What is your intention? So the, the first thing that comes to mind is, is something that um, 50 years ago, when Martin Luther King uh, was assassinated, 
in the eulogy that he kind of gave very impromptu, Bobby Kennedy said, let us, our, let us dedicate ourselves to what the Greeks wrote so many years ago, to tame the savageness of man and make gentle the life of this world. Mm. And I would say that that's my intention, tame the savageness of man and make gentle the life of this world. And there's something about what we do with kids and kind of just the larger mission that I feel, which is, which is that, kind of taming savageness and making gentle the life of this world. Wow, can you say that quote one more time? Yeah, he, what he said, he was quoting, I think, uh, the Greek uh, poet, author, Aeschylus, but he said, let us dedicate ourselves to what the Greeks wrote so many years ago, to tame the savageness of man and make gentle the life of this world. And anyone who hasn't seen this, it's a really incredible speech. He got, uh, Bobby Kennedy got off the plane in Indianapolis and was just given the news about Martin Luther King, and he was going to a black part of town, mm -hmm. and he was told by everyone, don't go, and you can't break this news, and there are going to be riots, and he said, I want to go, and he got up, and he just said a few words about, about Dr. King and his contribution, and what we need in America, and we don't need hatred and bitterness, but we need to love each other, and um, it's, there's video of it and audio of it, so you should, people should Google yeah, it, but it's that. also that night, the one city in America that didn't have race riots was Indianapolis, mm -hmm. um, and I just think, and that was 50 years ago, uh, this past summer, 68, um, but it just, I think of uh, kind of the, the need for, for heroes like Martin Luther King, like Bobby Kennedy, in kind of the, the fractured country that we're in right now, so. Well, well, that's amazing at first. I love when that question comes up too, because most people tend to pause and think, but you knew exactly, uh, which I think is incredible because sometimes, again, none of these are gotcha questions. They're all questions that you should know or have may have thought about, but uh, intention is some a, a question that people go back and forth with in life. And so, yeah. where you are now, the fact that you know exactly what yours is, I think that's yeah, and it's helpful. Fantastic. I mean, going back to the first question I answered, I mean, that's the keep your eye on the prize. I mean, I think yeah. it's uh, it's you know how how I get through the days is thinking about that intention and the um, the gratitude I feel to be able to be in the work with people like my wonderful team yeah. people like you who are all kind of finding their own intention but I think we're all there's a lot of concentric circles and Venn diagrams about what we're all trying to do so very cool yeah Nick what a pleasure thanks you for having seven me questions yeah how do you feel I feel great all right good I love games too. all right cool magic That's bubble baths games so <laughs> noted let me know um so you just played, at the end I always ask uh, my guests to nominate someone who they think would be a great candidate to play. Anyone come to mind? Yeah, the, the first person who comes to mind, in part because I'm going to see her tonight, Katie Hill. Katie Hill. Katie Hill is running for Congress in the California 25th. She's running against Steve Knight, who's okay. the last Republican in L.A. County. Cool. She's a young, female, dynamic candidate. Uh, she used to run People Assisting the Homeless, PATH. Oh, so even before running cool. for office, her life was really dedicated to helping people. Uh, my campaign manager, a wonderful guy named Zach Chikowski, is running her campaign. So we definitely have it in if you want to go. Yeah, well, But Katie's uh, in a really tough, really kind of dead heat of a race, um, I think making waves nationally Very and cool. will be uh, a bright, dynamic female uh, congresswoman, hopefully after November 6th. Very cool. Well, Katie Hill, I'll be reaching out to you uh, in the coming weeks. Great. Uh, Nick, this was a pleasure. Uh, thank you so much for playing Seven Questions. For those listening, thank you for subscribing. This is Seven Questions, and I want to just say thank you to all of our guests, all of those who are listening. Uh, please like and subscribe and comment below. Thank you.